0: Welcome to tonight's show. Oh my Lord, what an ordeal getting online tonight! My goodness, my goodness, but we're here. That's all that matters. We have a big show this evening, a really, really big show. It's a show that's so big, you can't even imagine how big this show is. First, I got to just put this on here. We used to back in the day. I see my friend, Kevin, Kevin 45. He's doing the gore pod right now. Go check that out. We're uh, running in tandem here. That That's an accident. I never want to go live at the same time as my friends are because I want to support everybody, right? That's the plan. That's the plan, Stan. I hope you're ready. I hope strap strap in for, for tonight's discussion. My My goodness, there's a lot to say um i'm just doing my my thing here to make sure this is all copacetic okay we're good we're live we're here welcome to the show that's what's most important i've listened to antihero jerry only's brand new solo album link in the description if you want to buy it go support jerry go buy antihero. Um, we're going to discuss it. We're going to get down into the nitty gritty about it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, man, I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work, a lot of prep for this episode. Okay. What's up biz. How was, how was my Halloween? It was phenomenal. We had a great Halloween. I got to say, you know, I finished up those 31 days of Halloween reviews and it was it was you know we starting to get a little uh little bit of a slog you know doing the reviews every day i was getting a little burnt out that's right for the kids <laughs> yeah baby for the kids tonight's episode is for for the kids yes indeed yes indeed um no tonight is an uncle jerry's episode you know we used to do we had that whole series jerry's kids which is just Jerry, you know, uh uh following Jerry's career post misfits 95. So we got somebody like what's your what your name is S S23GFD was at the uh Misfit show in Dallas. It was amazing. Also, one cell from you is my favorite. Okay, look, I got uh, blah, 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 chill with the comments, chill with the comments. We gotta we gotta go through everything, we gotta go through a whole rigmarole, okay. I'm going to do this proper because we want to do it once. We don't want to have part two and three and four. However, there might be a part two for a different reason, but it's not to review per se. And I think the best way to start the show is to do it the way that we always start a Misfits streaming evil live show, which is this way. This one it goes out to Rue morgue who may or may not be listening but uh if he does listen this is for you hold on i gotta get my thing ready Jeff is gonna talk about the mistress right now he's a nerd about this stuff obsessed anyhow jeff never shuts his face always needs to talk He's I do I do somewhere. Do 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 he went for Do thing, it care? He doesn't care. He's out in the ranch, for the kids jake bailey got it off of apple music oh man we got we got the yeet is here but yeet's real name yeet's secret um <laughs> yeet's secret identity is actually rob johnson <laughs> uh, what's up yeet good to see you thanks for joining us Davey havoc is here what's up davy um what? Oh crap. Not this guy. Oh no. This this uh poser. There's a poser, Jeff us in the comments. By the way, everybody, just so we all know, this is not me. Whoever this guy is, Jeff Rummus. This is not me. I'm Jeff Rummus. How can I be posting while Jeff Russ is in the comments? Got it? That's not me. That is some obsessive stalker or whoever. And this is the most attention they are going to get from me. And goodbye. That's it. That's it. No more attention. Don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the trolls. This is Evie or Evie. Okay. It's not Davey Havoc. (laughs) Michael Graves sucks. Listen, I don't ever like to use the S word, the, the, the sucks word, because, or at least towards art, but towards people that can apply and I do agree Michael Graves does suck. <laughs> Fine. That's the one time I'm going to let it slide, okay? That's the one time. Um I guess we could start the show now officially, properly. So I thought it was from it. No, that is not me. That is some guy that is just some guy who posts on other he no, it's not fruit, not fumes. It's from us from us is how you pronounce the name. And that's just some guy who went to the, the took the time and effort to make a screen name. Jeff from a, a YouTube handle, and then goes and posts like racist, like all sorts of nasty things. And uh, it's it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But there's only one that I have two accounts. Okay. There's one where I'm doing the static age thing on my face. And then there's this one with the moon face with my face in it. Those are the only two accounts from us and Jeff from This other jabron. I don't know who they are, but yes, that is a fake account. Trevor says, you know, you've made it when you have an obsessive stalker. I don't know if I made it, but I definitely do have an obsessive stalker. That is for sure. Um, that is that is weird that is a weird weird situation uh okay should we start should we really start should we dive in we got 26 people watching should we dive in at least 26 people across platforms i don't know all right i'm going to start but here's the thing unless i see a comment that relates to what i talk to what i'm talking about or really highlights something i am going to we'll call we're going to go back to the comments because you know me my adhd brain I'll just go off on a tangent about something for hours, and we'll be here for four hours tonight. We can't be here for four hours tonight. There's a lot of things to do in the morning. So, I mean, I'm already just wasting time by doing this, right? I mean, really, truly. Um, but, but we, uh, I'm gonna, I'm just going, once I dive in, I'm going to go. I'm going to go, go, go. Ready? Let's begin. We're talking about... Jerry only's brand new solo album called anti hero. I have listened to it at least four or five times. Now I want to say given it four or five listens in the last two days, I also listened. I went back and I listened to project 1950. I listened to the day the earth caught fire. I listened to the single land of the dead. I listened to the devil's rain. I listened to, oh, what was the next one? Uh, Vampire Girl, I think it is. There's Vampire Girl. I listened to, oh, Descending Angel. That There was a single of that. I listened to the Christmas record. I don't remember what that's called, but the Christmas record. And I listened to the Friday the 13th EP. So I've listened to all of Jerry Only's output since Misfits 95. And the reason why I did that very specifically is because I really needed it in order to add context to what I was listening to with anti-hero. And what's interesting is, so a lot of interesting observations here, some of which you might find at least, and and mind you, these are my observations, and some of them you might find to be shocking. Um, and by the way, Stephen is here. Steven, is this the same guy that emailed me? Hold on one second. Let me make sure it is. Um, yeah, Stephen, thank you for taking the time to send me the liner notes. I could not see any of the responses. I was looking for the liner notes. And the reason why is because I wanted to make sure that we highlighted all the personnel that was involved with making this record. And Stephen went to the trouble to email me that. So I just want to give him a quick shout out and say thank you. For doing so much appreciated um we're gonna start okay so in order to talk about anti-hero we we have to how did we get to anti-hero right how did we get there we gotta go back a little bit we're gonna go back we're not gonna go back to 1983 and okay ah see i'm already getting ahead of myself a couple of things to note when you're hearing this interview from me personally one I am not a musician. I say that often on the channel. I want to reiterate, I am not a musician. Sometimes, what's up, Chris? Sometimes I have, um, I find myself lacking the musical language to communicate the concepts that I'm thinking and, uh, you know, or might need a correction here or there. I'm not a musician. Number two, these are my opinions personally. Um, you know, I'm just speaking from my experience in listening and hearing and whatever, that sort of thing. Number three, I am paraphrasing the history that we're about to repeat. And I may be off a little bit. It's just the way it is. You know, I do the I do all this stuff off the top of the dome, although I did write notes today. I did write notes like prompts and stuff so I could, you know, try and stay focused and stay on track. Um, I here's what I want us all. Oh, and the last thing I wanted to say was. We are about to get super fucking nerdy right now. Okay? We are going to get nerdy. I see your comments Davey and I appreciate them. I I'm not I'm ignoring the comments so I can stay on track. Um, we're about to get really nerdy people. We're going to get into semantics. We're going to measure ass crack hairs. We're going to be we are getting down to the minutia of the minutia because that's what we do best here on this channel. Okay, and one of the concepts, I don't know if it's a concept, but one of the things that I like to hmm, how do I put this best? One of the things that I like to put out there on the channel when we talk about we talk about pop culture here, we talk about music, we talk about movies, we talk about all sorts of stuff, we talk about art that people create. And I'm not interested. It's not my personal interest to tear down anybody's art. I don't mind talking about why it's lacking or why it might have shortcomings, but we are going to approach it from a critical standpoint. We are not going to sit here and say something sucks. I hate that word sucks, especially when it relates to art. You know what I say to that? I say, fuck you. You go out there and you friggin' go and make something. You make something that people are buying and selling. Okay. It's not an easy thing to do. Does that mean that it's infallible? Does that mean that it's beyond criticism? Absolutely not. Of course not. Everything, Everything is allowed to be criticized or critiqued, but have some damn reason behind what you are saying. I saw some of you guys out there. I don't know if anybody's watching who who was posting it. I saw articles passing around, like really just sort of, oh my God, just, just like lame articles about like, this sucks. And I'm like, dude, oh, I'm not even like, what is the point of even reading? it? like, I'm instantaneously turned off when I hear that word. I don't think, I don't respect your criticism or critique. If you can't, here's the thing. If something is really good, you have to explain why it's really good, right? You have to give supporting reasons. Shouldn't you do the same if you think something is not that great, if something is lacking, or if something is a mixed bag? I think that I think that it should it goes both ways. It applies in both avenues. And that's what people forget about criticism. Criticism involves, you know, solid, tangible, logical reasons. And sometimes it's not logical. Sometimes it's just personal preference. I like blue instead of red. I like chocolate ice cream instead of vanilla ice cream. Why? Because that's what my taste buds prefer. But there has to be a reason. It can't just suck. Oh, do I hate that? So with all that said now, let's go back and figure out how we got here in the first place. Why is Jerry only only now at the age of 60 something releasing a solo record when, you know, in reality, I mean, he's kind of been doing a somewhat of a solo thing for a while now. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So Glenn and Jerry have a lawsuit over the Misfits name. Uh, Jerry wins the right to use the misfits moniker um they become the misfits 95 or the resurrected Misfits whatever uh there are there's a huge contingent of fans I mean this is like the number one dividing thing divisive thing right that 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 who prefers not you know uh the only misfits is the original misfits no they you know the it's a continuation blah 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 that whole tired bullshit of an argument um where do i personally lie of course i you know i think that the misfits are were a band here's the thing and i was talking about this with someone over the phone earlier you know what makes a what what makes a band a band is like the heart and soul the nucleus the creative nucleus i'm kind of getting ahead of myself because i'm not looking at my notes you have a nucleus and when that nucleus dissipates, that band can no longer be that band. Even if someone tries to continue on with that band, that band is not going to be the same. And if you use the name of that band, you are going to be scrutinized. You're always, you're probably going to be compared anyway to that band because of your association with that band, whether you use the name or not. But if you use that name further, you're only going to create more of that. And that's exactly what happened when Jerry decided to use the misfits name instead of using, you know, a, a new name starting off with the new name, which he would have done if he had not, if he had not gotten the rights, why do I bring this up? Because it's a sort of a re it seems to be as I have followed Jerry only's career for, you know, decades at this point now, and, you know, uh, watched, watched him, you know, put out this or do that or yada 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 and this is seems to be a reoccurring theme with everything that he kind of does in the sense that like you know uh, he's still using the misfits name even though it's not the misfits anymore and finally after all these years he has done what I've wanted him to do what so many fans. And I'm saying this as a fan. I am a fan of Jerry Only. I'm saying Jerry, I want to see you do a Jerry Only record. I don't want to see you do something that's the Misfits without Glenn because to me it's not the Misfits. And finally after all this time he does it. But is this the first Jerry Only solo record? I don't I don't think so. I think that This is just simply, I think if Jerry had his druthers, he probably would put this out under the misfits the way he did with all those other EPs. He would have done that. That's what he probably would have done. I would imagine. I would imagine. And for whatever legal reasons, for whatever, what's up, Jody Ramone? How are you? Um, For whatever legal reasons, he can't, he can't, or, you know, he doesn't look, you're getting paid over a million a gig. Like you don't want to rock that boat. Nor should he, nor should he. And good that he's getting paid. Good that everybody's getting paid, right? Um, it's also interesting that Jerry has stopped doing interviews jerry you know it was the mouthpiece for forever post eighty three Jerry really w- was the the sole mouthpiece, and that dude you know p- could talk more than I can talk and um I'd be terrified to to add, to interview Jerry and ask him questions because I just feel like i would I would only fire off like three questions and there would be like like ninety minutes. <laughs> Um, but he stopped doing, he stopped doing those interviews completely, not even doing press for his solo record, which leads me to believe that something must have happened. And again, that is complete conjecture. That's just me thinking like, why on earth would he just suddenly stop? And I can only imagine that he is contractually. There's something with between him and Glenn or him, Glenn and Doyle. Where he is not to talk to the press in some in some sort of way, <laughs> I can beat him. You think I could? I think maybe I could. Maybe I could. It would be like a Rocky match of, of verbal jousting. Me and Jerry, Jerry and I. Um, I met Jerry once, and he was super nice and awesome, and we took a picture together. It was fucking great. I just want to say that. after the second Misfits uh, riot fest show. I met him right after he played that set and it was, it was cool. It was cool. All right. I'm, I'm getting distracted. Okay. So look, so, so Jerry, so the misfits 95 do their thing and there, and that, you know, the misfits 95, you know, I wouldn't sit there and semantically split hairs and go, is this Jerry only solo? Of course not. This is a band. This is a, Fully functioning band that Has multiple creative inputs Even if Jerry is calling The shots even if Jerry is steering The ship you have Multiple creative inputs Coming into that band You have people from out You have you have um, Rocky on some level uh, In the background you have um, John Caffiero And really tank could speak better to this than me Maybe I don't maybe I'm wrong here I'll have to ask him when when we do. We're doing Grim Tales 3 later in this month for anybody who likes uh, the Jonathan Grimm series. But you have John Caffiero, who's like the manager and stuff, and he's like directing music videos. He's probably got some sort of input in some way, shape, or form. You got everybody in the band. And then who's the third person? I said there was going to be one more. It was uh, Rocky. It was John Caffiero. I don't know. Um, but the the person who's steering that ship is Jerry. Jerry's like, let's get into, let's go do wrestling. They're all doing wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jerry sort of just, just, just steering that, steering that ship. And then the band implodes for a variety of reasons that I am so not able to go into right now. It's just too much, too much to discuss, too much of a sidebar that will distract us. We're already 21 minutes into this thing. We haven't even gotten to the review. My God. But we have come on. We have to do this part. This is the best. This is the fun part. We did this with Doyle, right? Um, th- that that implodes, and Jerry. From that moment on, even though Jerry is using the name The Misfits, it really is. The, they really do become the Jerry Fits. The best moniker is Jerry Fits. I. That's the. That's the way I think of it. Yes, they are still a band, but they're not. I mean, they've recorded They record a little bit. But it really just becomes the band is just a means for Jerry to just keep doing what he's doing. Because, you know, and I don't I hope this word, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm saying this is just calling a spade a spade, in that Jerry's a stubborn guy. Like, you know, he's a he's driven, he works incredibly hard, he puts 150% into whatever he is doing but from studying his career it's like when he makes his mind up about something it's very hard to dissuade it it seems from an outside perspective reading all that i read and hearing all that i hear and speaking to people that i've spoken to you know i may not i may not personally know jerry but i've spoken to a lot of people that have interacted with him and that's that's the vibe that i get Okay, so I, that's where I'm speaking from, not, not that I actually know. Um, and, that, and that the band essentially functions as sort of a sidecar for Jerry. That's what they become. And Jerry does something. He, bec- he takes over vocal duties permanently. Now, in the past, we've read interviews with Jerry where he vents his frustration of dealing with lead singers, he, you know Jerry and Michael Graves clashed greatly. It started in in the mid '90s. It got really bad when Michael Graves, you know, this is contested. Michael Graves was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do. Um, I'm gonna go do sports camp. I'm gonna go do hockey camp." And they were like, "We have a tour book, That whole thing. And they got Mike Mike Hideous instead, who we've had. He he's been on the channel and he told his whole story, that sort of thing. Um, but Jerry has always struggled with lead singers, really. And I mean, even him and Glenn must have clashed heads at the end of the misfits on some on some level, at least at the very, very end, because they broke up, right? And we know the story, we know some of that story already. We've talked about it, we've heard Jerry talk about it, we've heard Jerry do his tell all thing in 93. Uh, right. So, so there's that part. There's that part too. So Jerry's struggling and he's dealing with, with, um, with trying to keep the band together with trying to keep lead singers, you know, functioning. He got that guy Zoli from ignite. He tried to get him to sing. Um, They tried to make, you know, they, they brought Mike hideous in for a while. They had graves. And eventually Jerry got to a place where he's like, fuck it, I'm going to sing. And I don't think it was, you know, a lot of people like to burn Jerry and say, oh, you know, you singing because, you know, you, you know, it's an ego thing. And maybe it became that way a little bit later. Maybe, you know, he was maybe he, you know, really wanted to be a singer later on. But I I get the feeling. I, like I said, it's just a hunch. It's not. I don't know this for certain, but I get the feeling that it started. It, 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 it blossomed out of a necessity. Initially, Jerry started singing because he's like, this is easier to deal with than dealing with a lead singer who might be a diva or whatever the case may be, you know, or dealing with graves. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this is better. I don't have that's one less person to pay. Right. That's one less, you know, voice. It's one less passport I have to deal with like so many reasons why it, 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 it made sense for Jerry where he was at, at that time wanting to continue on as the misfits to do or continue on in music using the misfits moniker. It's better that I just sing that that's it. That makes things easier. You know, he has Dez in the band. But Des is just doing Black Flag songs when they do. They do a short and micro Black Flag set, which I saw. It was great. had fun, you know, for what it was. But at this point, I really feel like Jerry only became a solo entity. That's what happened. And the first real true, after going back and listening back, the first real solo effort, even though he was... uh, you know, still operating within the band. It's kind of like Black Sabbath, right? Like Tony Iommi eventually was the final member of Black Sabbath, and he wanted to release a record as just Tony Iommi in the mid 80s. And they made him do like Tony Iommi featuring Black Sabbath or something because they wanted the name. Because why? Why use the name? Why use the name if you know if the nucleus is no longer there? For a lot of, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of really important business reasons. There's branding reasons. I mean, did Jerry did a lot for the Misfits? For as much as for as much brand confusion as what what eventually developed by having you know a different band singing different albums from the original seventy seven to eighty three Misfits. Jerry also brought. Value to the to the band in the '90s. He introduced the Misfits to a whole new generation of kids, and those songs. You know what I'm saying? I just want to highlight James gruesome who has supported us. Um, thank you for your channels, your support to the channel, James. James is an awesome, awesome dude who I very much want to have. You were supposed to come on and do May with us. We'll have him on eventually. He will be on here on the show so thank you james i tip my hat to you and appreciate you sir um god damn it i lost my place um we were talking about oh i mean he did introduce he introduced the misfits to a whole new generation yes danzig yes danzig did the same in the 90s to an extent you know um yes metallica you know, is obviously very responsible for this bring the misfits to a more mainstream audience. If you can call it that, is that that's a weird thing to say, bringing the misfits to a mainstream audience. I don't know if that sentence quite works, but he did, he did, he was elevating. He was elevating in that kind of way. Even if he's creating brand confusion, these kids are not sure they're like, wait, why does this sound like this? No one understands. Oh, there's two different eras. There's two different bands. There's two, you know, so it's like a sort of like a mixture of stuff, but Jerry's first solo effort really, I think is the day the earth caught fire. That's when, when Jerry takes over, that's when Jerry is really doing Jerry's thing. And I think it came from stubbornness. Jerry wanted to continue soldier on make music and do his thing and he didn't give a shit what anybody thought he really didn't because i gotta tell you jerry took a lot of shit from the internet in the aughts especially in the message forums some of you were there and witnessed what i'm talking about probably even contributed to it as well Where Jerry only was just, he was villainized. He was completely and utterly villainized where people were just like, how dare he use the Misfits name, the Misfits, you know? And here's the truth. Here's where I stand on all this. Here's where I stand on all this. The Misfits to me is always Jerry and Glenn. Glenn and Jerry, Jerry and Glenn. That is the nucleus. They were there at the beginning They were there for every single lineup. They are the cohesive element that makes the Misfits the Misfits, in my opinion. You can't have one without the other and call it the Misfits. You need Jerry for it to be the Misfits, and you need Glenn for it to be the Misfits. And we saw that so well, so clearly, A, when Jerry was doing his thing, and B, even with Danzig and Doyle, we we all our faces melted. We said this is the closest thing that we are ever going to get to a Misfits reunion. How awesome is this? And we loved it. I loved it. I love You know what was great about the Danzig and Doyle shows? You got to have you got to have a you got to have a Misfits set within a Danzig set. It was two for the price of one. It was great, man. It was great. It was good times. Um But it wasn't the Misfits. It wasn't. And that became so blatantly, painfully clear to me when I finally saw the original Misfits in 2016 at Riot Fest Chicago. That was when I was like, oh, this is what I was missing. Because I didn't, you know, what Jerry adds to that stage when the three of them are together, it's magical. It's friggin' magical. And it's something that no matter how much Glenn will deny it, Glenn needed Jerry. Jerry needed Glenn, but Glenn needed Jerry, too. And that's why the two of them are the misfits. Throw Doyle in there, obviously, too. But it's Glenn and Jerry, man. It's Glenn and Jerry. So we've we've cleared that up now, right? We're putting that to bed. That is what makes the Misfits the Misfits. So that informs everything that I'm going to say now and have said up until this point, talking about Jerry doing the band without Glenn, that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? So, so Jerry, you know, continues on and he puts out just a ton of EPs, Some of them, you know, and he puts, he finally puts out a feature length. I remember, I remember from 2000 to 2011, which now feels like it was three decades between a release, when in reality, it's like, (laughs) I mean, it's like a blink of an eye now. But like at the time, it was like, you know, we were all like, when is Jerry going to put out some original material? And that was the big hate on jerry was he doesn't he doesn't put anything out he doesn't put anything out that's original meanwhile if you actually look at jerry's release let's see here daily earth caught fire uh, project 1950 even though it's a covers record he did that single he did the devil's Rain album he did uh the vampire girl he did the 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 another cover and an old song i don't know but it's a release five six seven eight He's put out eight releases nine if you include anti-hero now i know graves has put out a lot of stuff since that that band broke up and i doyle doyle he's put out two albums and and one and the gorgeous frankenstein he put out three things in 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 what in 22 years he put out three things in 22 years chud (laughs) chud put out one lp chud put out one lp and one seven inch in twenty in almost 20 years so jerry jerry's actually released jerry's actually released quite a quite a bit of content good or bad he's put out a bunch of stuff but at the time we were all like what why is this taking so long jerry god damn it he's using the misfits name it's not cool it's not cool you know what i'm saying like everybody was just so I rate and just rate, and Jerry didn't give a shit. He did not care. He might have cared, but he didn't let. eh, He did not let. eh, He just he just soldiered on. He soldiered on. He's like, this is what I want to do, and that's what I mean by the stubbornness. But I don't think it was just stubbornness. I also think, and again, these are just my thoughts. These are just like this is just my own personal thoughts. I also think that Jerry soldiered on despite whatever backlash that he was getting because a you know he you know the other thing about Jerry only is that Jerry only is so good to his fans. And we've t- talked about this, that we hear endless stories of Jerry's generosity and kindness and how he's so giving of himself and his time. I literally bumped I, I I met him right after he finished putting on a 90 minute set at riot fest. One of the most, probably one of the most stressful shows he's ever put on. Right. Cause it's like the, the reunion and whatnot. and. You know, he could have brushed me off. He could have been like, dude, leave me the fuck alone. I'm gassed on whatever. And he was so fucking nice and so accommodating and talkative. And and just it was a, it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to see. In that kind of way, Jerry's always been very giving. So I feel like Jerry's been in his own microcosm. My audiences love me. I love my audiences. Who cares what the stupid Internet thinks? I'm just going to go about my business. And then he does eventually release an album. He does release an album, The Devil's Rain. The Devil's Rain album comes out. 50 minutes of music, by the way. I listened. You know, I've i listened to The Devil's Rain twice now, okay? I've listened to Doyle's records. I've listened to each one one time. That's it. I listened to the Abominator one time, and I listened to the second one one time. Although I think one track is in my Spotify playlist which always pops up and I always skip it. Cause I just, I'm sorry, Doyle, cousin Doyle just, nah, doesn't work for me. didn't work for me. Um, And so Jerry is always, you know, and then the other thing too, that's interesting about, you know, get it, bringing us up to this point of anti-hero to, to get, to catch us up, J- you know, a big observation, Jerry releases 50 minutes of music on the devil's reign. Right. And I don't know how well it does or if it sells really well. At this point, Jerry's had a lot of bad luck with record labels. You know, he's he's dealt, he had bad experiences with Geffen. He had bad experiences with Roadrunner. And before that, I believe he had dealings with Atlantic going back to the Christ the Conqueror stuff. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, And so he's finally like, I'm just going to do my own I'll do my own record label. That's what I'm going to do. And him and Cafiero, they formed Misfits Records. And so they put out Devil's Rain. I don't know how well it did, but it had to, they had to have made, I, I'd imagine they would have, they did better than they would have if they were on a major label, right? That's what I mean to say. They would have done better than if they were on a major label because, you know, there's less, I don't know, probably less uh, middlemen to deal with, you know, taking taking slices of the pie. That sort of thing. And um, and then right after they, they released 50-50 minutes of music, 16 tracks. They just start putting out a slew of singles. There's no follow-up. It's we can get they he realized, he started to realize it's better to release my music in small little increments and in small little chunks than it is to give away a whole album. And he started putting out these releases, and I gotta tell you. Those releases, from what I understand, those releases all sold incredibly well over the last, whatever, how many years. Um, he started, he understood the value of packaging and he understood what fans, his fan market wanted, which was collectible, multicolored vinyl, Going which is something that connected to the old Misfits. Jerry tapped into that, and I think that it has served him really well. And what's funny is I think even Glenn caught on to that because Glenn started to do that a little bit as well. And he did it a lot with uh, the, the Danzig Sings Elvis album. And I wonder if he sort of got wind of that from watching maybe what Jerry was doing, even though, I mean, Glenn, Glenn was doing that all the way back to the misfits days, but it's like, I feel like for years, Glenn didn't do variants. And not until he was with Cleopatra. Did that really start? Maybe that was a Cleopatra decision. I don't know. Because if you look at Glenn's track record after the Misfits and Sam Hay, he really didn't, there really wasn't much thought into like, hey, let's have all these, you know, limited pressings and blah, blah, blah. By that point, they were on a major label. So it was like, or they were on a, you know, deaf American. Probably didn't think about it that stuff anymore without plan nine. So, and then that brings us back, that circles us back to now. Uh, right after 2016, Jerry mentioned that you know, he mentioned two things. One, that he was lifting I remember this in interviews. I'm lifting weights and I'm writing songs. That's what he said. Now, did he have these songs written all the way back to Devil's Reign? I don't know. He definitely he definitely continued to write after the devil's reign, or, you know, really tried to get, you know, writing anything. I don't know if it's songwriting is the same, but I know that, you know, writing like screenwriting or writing in general, it's like a muscle. It's like, you have to work out. You can't just expect. It's like something that you have to like practice and do, you know? I mean, yes, there's like a creative aspect of like, Oh, it just comes to you and you just do it. But you know, sometimes it doesn't come so easy and you got to like work your brain to try and get the creative juices flowing and, and put, put, put something out there and whatnot. And so Jerry had a bunch of material that he either wrote in 2016 po- or po- pre 2016 or post 2016. Did Jerry take this material to Glenn and was like, Hey, let's do a message record. I have no idea. I'm sure that if he did and Glenn was probably just like, fuck, no, we are not doing that. Who knows? I do remember there being something about like, we're going to write a record, something like that. And Jerry said the word we, which is which was weird because previously Glenn always brought the songs. Even if Jerry and Doyle were helping with the arranging, Glenn brought the songs, right? Chorus and Averis brought it to the the, the, the clubhouse. pool house flesh it out so Jerry's quiet so Jerry becomes very quiet post 2016 because a he's making a he's making a million dollars you know I don't know what his guarantees were in the aughts or the 2010s but I have to imagine that he was had to have been making uh i don't know double triple quadruple the amount of money that from one show uh compared to going out on the road for three months or two months at a time i mean jerry jerry did a lot of touring as the jerry fits those guys would go out and they would play show after show they went all over the world playing shows right um they they worked hard One thing you got to say about Jerry is that that dude goes hard in anything that he does. He pours himself into it. Um, And now here he is playing one show and making more money in that one show than he probably made for all of the year 2014, you know, something like that. And um, so, yeah, so he's so so he's got these songs and he can't obviously cannot put them out as the misfits anymore which is funny too because that last ep the the friday we're going to get to the the review right now we just we, we built up to it that friday the 13th ep um came out after they had announced that the original misfits were coming back and you know that jerry was like we gotta get this out we gotta get this out before you know because the gate was probably coming down and they wanted to get it out they got that thing they shot that thing out i checked they released music in 2013 it might have wasn't a lot of music it was just a release they did a release in 2013 2014 2015 and 2016 which is you know i mean doing a release a year is you know when you're especially when you're an independent label that's you know that's good that's 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 not bad Um, and you know, there was a shift Des left and, and that brought that made way for Jerry other, which is a moniker that I have always thought was really great. I always got a kick out of the fact that you've Jerry only and his son, Jerry other. I thought that was tremendous. And, you know, Jerry other has also put out a record. He did one seven inch and I don't know why he hasn't released an album. I was like. This is great. Let's see what, you know, do it. This is great. Took his moniker and it seemed like he was launching launching his own solo boat. And then maybe as I as we're going to talk about, he ended up he was helping his dad do anti-hero, this solo record. And that brings us to anti-hero. So, without warning, uh, okay, so a long time ago, a little birdie told me that Jerry was putting out a solo record and I was like whoa really and that was it this was uh this was a while ago so Jerry had been working on it for some time and I oh yeah that's right thank you Steve you're right they did those they did the song on the Dr Demento album you are right that was another release and I didn't listen to that before we com- came on here damn it that's right that is that is correct oh James and Liz have a 14th anniversary. Happy birthday. Sorry, not happy birthday. Happy anniversary to Liz Gruesome and James Gruesome. Liz, uh, who is obviously James's wife, um, she's a tremendous, fantastic artist. She did all of the art for my first feature-like film, Romeo's Distress. I hired her and commissioned her to do some art, and she knocked it out of the park. I can't tell you how much mileage I have gotten out of that art. She's a fantastic I keep using the word tremendous. She is a fantastic, fantastic artist. And, um, I have not seen the gruesomes in over 10 years in the flesh, but I hope that someday our paths will cross. And the last thing I will say is I have some great footage that I shared with the gruesomes. I don't know if they ever got it, uh, of them singing my dying bride together. Um, which is a song that means a lot to them uh, as a couple. Just a sidebar. A sidebar. Okay. What was I talking about? Yeah. Right. The Dr. Demento thing. So, okay. 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 Where, where, where are we? Where are we? We're talking now. So now Jerry only releases Anti Hero. And I, like I said, I had heard from a little birdie. You know who you are, or maybe you don't casually mentioned one day uh when we were together that jerry is putting out uh a solo record and i was going what that's crazy that was all the information i had and i didn't really think much of it and then i heard it somewhere else and then we started to see um without any sort of press release without any sort of press release, sorry, I had to sneeze, without any sort of press release, uh, th- they just start posting things about anti- anti-heroes coming, anti-hero. And, of course, we did those episodes, right? We did three episodes about it. First, a guy mentioned it. Then we saw the track listing and we saw the artwork. The artwork is done by a guy named Mister Su- Mr. Black, based on artwork by... James, who goes by devilux on Instagram. He has fantastic artwork. Check him out too. His artwork is sticky and you know what else is sticky? And I promise we're going to get to the, the review right after this stickers. Did you know that stickers stick and these stickers, these are my from a stickers. As you can see right here, they were printed up by the sponsor. My, my channel sponsor, riotstickers.com ceo sharpie riot and riotstickers.com help to power the from his channel if you look down in the description of this video underneath the link for antihero which you should all purchase go purchase antihero support uncle jerry so we can get another corvette um you will find a link for riotstickers.com backslash from us f-r-u-m-e-s-s ridestickers.com backslash from us, where you can get a thousand stickers for $79. That is seven cents a sticker. Do you know how cheap that is? Now check this out. These stickers, they are printed on vinyl. So they are waterproof and they have a UV coating on them. So they are protected from the sun and that is all that matters. So check it out. Ridestickers.com backslash from us. It's the only place you're going to find this incredible deal where you're going to get those stickers three inches by three inches for seven cents a pop a thousand stickers 79 dollars link is in the comments let's listen to the 60 second clip by the less than jake guy for the kids. Yeah, you know, I was mentioning before, what does Jerry, well, actually we should get it into that with the interview. I mean, not the interview, the review, the review. I have my notes right here. Okay, so we've talked about how we got here. We talked about the recontextualization. Jerry fits with Jerry Only that from now on forevermore that the Misfits Post 2000 shall be hereby known as Jerry's Fits, The Jerry Fitz. Um, here's something that I've noticed. Here's my first observation as I look at Jerry's output versus Glenn Danzig's output. They're kind of like a weird yin and yang thematically. Glenn is always writing about like the devil and, you know, He's writing about how he, how Christianity is bad. Snakes of Christ, this, that, and the other. And Jerry is writing on the reverse for, you know, he did. He had the Christ, the conqueror thing. And then look at black light, look at dig up her bones, look at um, resurrection, look at, you know, dead Kings rise, look at descending angel, You know, all of these songs are about either God or Christianity or whatever, whatever, whatever may have you. Um, And it's a reoccurring theme that you see father. He has a song called father. Glenn has a song called mother. You know what I mean? Um, It's a reoccurring theme in Jerry's work where Glenn, Glenn's work. Glenn writes about the devil embracing the devil or whatever on some level. And Jerry writes about, you know, rebuking the devil and embracing the light. Jerry's carefully doesn't use the word, you know, he doesn't really use the word God. He doesn't use the word Christ. I think that's smart because, you know, Jerry's a very religious guy. We all know this. And, you know, he's got he has a picture of Jesus. He has a tattoo of Jesus with a devil lock, which might be the coolest tattoo of Jesus ever in my <laughs> in my personal opinion. Giving Jesus a devil lock. I forgot what it says. It says something, too. I saw a picture of it. Uh, I thought it was pretty rad, actually. Um, But the idea that he, you know, it's like he writes about this stuff that he's writing about these themes and this stuff that is his truth. That's his truth. And that's what he wants to talk about. We always joke and say for the kids. But I think on I think Jerry takes that very seriously. You know, he talks. He mentions it all the time in interviews. For the kids. It's always for the kids. It's always about the kids, you know. And um, and in his mind, you know, and if you look at what he's writing about, you know, what's funny is Glenn writes with metaphor. Glenn writes with juxtaposition. Glenn, you know, sort of shrouds some of the things that he's writing about in a little bit of mystery, at least when you look at Sam Hain and maybe misfit stuff, I mean, Danzig too, but not in the same way, I think personally. Um, but then you look at what Jerry, the way Jerry writes and the way that Jerry writes is Jerry likes to sort of, he paraphrases things. He's literally, and I think that comes from almost like a misunderstanding of what he, what, what he encompasses the misfits to be in his mind. Because Glenn created the misfits, but so did Jerry. And Jerry has clearly has his own feelings about what the misfits are and how the misfits are represented. And that's the direction that he pushes in. And for him, it's paraphrasing horror movies. Or it's, you know, doing, you know, like singing about the light. You know that sort of thing, or singing about the island of misfit toys. You know, like, which is which is really sort of fun. But is it the misfits? No, it's Jerry. That's why it's Jerry fits. It's solo. It's a solo thing. It's a solo output, in my opinion. Um, the po- here's the thing that we have to remember too. You know, a lot of the contention and a lot of the sort of back and forth here is some people going, Jerry shouldn't be singing. Jerry's not a singer. Jerry shouldn't be singing, blah, blah, blah. This isn't up for debate because the reality is Jerry sings. That's it. He's a singer. If you do the thing, then you are the thing. And And that goes back to my point about Jerry sort of being like stubborn and sort of like, you know, like persevering on despite any criticism he may receive where, you know, uh, people perceiving what he's doing as disrespectful to the legacy that he helped to build. And the reality is it's like Jerry, it's like Jerry's singing. Maybe it's for nobody but Jerry himself. And I don't mean that in a self-absorbed ego way. I mean that in like uh, Jerry doing that because he needs to prove to himself that he can sing. That's why, you know, on, on and that, and you'll notice, and I'm going to get into it. Um, I keep saying that I'm going to get into it. I have very specific observations about Jerry's vocals from the day the earth caught fire all the way up to antihero that I just noticed like this sort of, Pattern or not pattern, I, I've noticed like the evolution of his vocals and why I think the way that I think because of because of that. But the one thing we have to stop discussing as fans, if we're talking about antihero, or we're talking about Jerry's artistic output, is this idea that he's not a singer because he is a singer, he sings all the fucking time. For for good or for bad, the dude has been singing for 25 years and really he's been singing since the the misfits because jerry i mean when i say the Misfits, i mean the 77 to 83 Misfits, because jerry used to do backing vocals jerry's been doing backing vocals for 40 fucking years you know um and frankly that's really truly where he shines and i think that's part of the problem here's another aspect of the issue with people that people have i think with Jerry singing and and this that and the other and it's this this is all right so this this analogy really applies to school but and it's going to make sense when we talk about it later in terms of Jerry's strengths versus Jerry's weaknesses as a singer but it's this idea that if you tell if you tell a fish to climb a tree He's going to feel really and he can't if you tell. So if you have a if sorry, I I messed up the analogy already. Let's say that you have a bunch of different animals and like standing in on one side, you have three monkeys and you pair those three monkeys with a fish and you tell the the three monkeys and the fish go climb that tree and all the monkeys climb up the tree effortlessly. But the fish like can't the fish is going to feel stupid its whole life. Because it can't climb the tree when in reality it should be in the water swimming. And I think that's my analogy for Jerry and his backup vocals. Jerry is a phenomenal backup vocalist. And it's so, it's so like, it's so friggin' like, what's the word I'm working with? Prevalent. It's so obvious when you see the original Misfits. You know, Glenn doesn't miss a beat with these songs. It's still his vocal range, whatever is going on with his vocal cords, He can still sing those misfit songs just fucking perfectly, especially in the year 2016. But what really fills out everything, what really thickens everything, what thickens the sauce, the you know, how you put uh, (laughs) you put flour into the sauce to thicken it up is Jerry jerry backing him up man with the go or the you know just jerry knows and jerry knows how to link he knows how to lock in his voice to glenn's voice when they're doing you know when they're singing live and it's great and that's those are jerry's strengths but jerry doesn't play into his strengths. Jerry just wants to sing. He just wants to be on front street. I am singing, I am a singer, blah blah blah. And the way that he goes about it does not service him as an artist or his songs, and that's my honest opinion. I could sit here and lie and say, you know, be a Jerry only fanboy, but that's the truth. That's the truth. I love Jerry. I love what he does. I'm happy and grateful for what he does. But I think that he doesn't play into those strengths when he tries to execute his own singing. He's singing in registers that don't, he can't, he's, I, you can hear him on the record sort of really pushing. I mean, he's working so hard. You can hear how hard he's working, trying to do something that his voice physically doesn't seem to be able to do. And the record, which now I guess we can get into the record, the record suffers for that a little bit. It does. The record gets sort of pulled down by the artistic joy, the artistic choices for which Jerry chooses to showcase his voice. Now, what do I mean by that? As I said, I went back and I listened to all of Jerry's output. I did. I wanted to really sort of get a grasp, and here's what I learned: when you listen to the day the Earth caught fire, Jerry's voice is raw. It's rugged, and it's there's there's a truth to his voice when he's singing that song. There's no studio polish. There's no tricks. It's just Jerry growling it's like hey i'm jumping in with two feet and i'm gonna try and sing this i'm just gonna try and sing this and and go for it and you want to know something it actually works now if you would ask me hey jeff does this work you know uh if if you ask jeff in the year 2004 what do you think of that i'd be like oh no it doesn't work at all oh my god i don't like. But having you know um, now having gone back and having distance and time and looking at everything in a big picture and having a better understanding and really really following these people on their careers, I look back and I go, "Huh, that actually for him, for Jerry, and what Jerry's trying to accomplish—that stubborn, like I have to do this. I want to be a singer. I want to f- forge on and do this thing." That actually works for him. However, it's still a little rough. It's a little bit rough. It's not... There needs to be something. Because here's the thing. Like, It's like... No matter... I also feel like it's not fair... You know what? Let me... I'm putting that on the shelf. Hold on. Sorry. I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. We should go in order. Then I listened to Project 1950. And Project 1950... We could do a whole podcast on Project 1950 was one of the most hated, reviled things that Jerry had ever done, at least in the eyes of certain fans. Certain fans absolutely detested Project 1950. And the only thing that I can find wrong, even back then and even now, the only thing I could find wrong with Project 1950 is that it says the misfits on it and not. Jerry only right it should say Jerry only or the Jerry fits or only Jerry you know what I'm saying what is really great about pro- or what really works for Jerry on project 1950 is the way that he's singing so now Jerry I don't know what where he d- recorded the uh the day the earth caught fire or whatever but I feel like they went into a proper studio and recorded Project 1950 in a in a proper kind of way and Jerry's vocals are mixed perfectly on this because again for a guy who is not is not a lead singer naturally he is singing in the register that suits his voice best and suits the arrangements of the songs that he's trying to put out best. It's all mixed. His voice is balanced in the mix. It's not sitting on top. And that is probably, it's one of the single biggest problems. And it doesn't work for anti-hero. That's part of the problem. It just doesn't, having his vocals so far up Danny says, it's like when Jeff goes live and only asks for money, but doesn't acknowledge comments. Okay. Well, first of all, Danny, if you had gotten here on time, you would have heard me say that we're going to get to the comments later. So that way I didn't get distracted the way that I'm getting distracted right now and could just get through what I'm trying to get through. That's number one. Number two. Anytime anybody supports this channel, I always acknowledge it. Oh, my friends calling me at the worst time right now. I always acknowledge that. That's ridiculous. And number 3, if you don't like it, bro, click out of click out of here, man. Go away. That's all. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> anyway, let me get let me get back to what I was saying. Um I mean, if I acknowledged every comment on this thing, we would be here for five hours. It would just never end. It would never freaking end. Um, Jerry's vocals on Project 1950 are are excellent for Jerry and what Jerry is trying to do. And when I go back and listen to that and then listen to Antihero, I haven't really given the anti-hero review a formal introduction. I'm just sort of <laughs> just sort of going for it. Um I then listen to Antihero, hero and I hear his, his, his vocals are, they're too high up in the mix. Um, they're too high up in the mix. Uh, all right, let's, so overall, all right, let's just, let's just, let's just drop, drop the, 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 all the, all this intro stuff. And where do I stand? I think it's a mixed bag. I think it is a big mixed bag. It's not good. It's not bad. It is, it's a valiant effort. There is a lot of room for potential. Um, and it's just, it's just a mixed bag. My number one issue, besides the vocals are too loud, I kind of feel like Jerry's vocals should be buried. First of all, I feel like Jerry has too much studio polish on his vocals. I think he needs dirtier vocals and the vocals on project 1950 are really dirty. I mean, they're really sort of like scruffy and it really suits his voice really well. What he's doing here on anti-hero, it doesn't work for his voice. It doesn't suit his voice. And that's what I'm really trying to say. That's what I'm actually trying to say. That's the truth. Um, the other, my other big issue, my other big, big issue with this record is that it's too slow what do i mean by that hold on a second hold on a second it's when i say that it's too slow i don't mean that the songs are necessarily too slow i mean for jerry's singing in order i did i I, I conducted a little experiment i listened to this album twice and i was like "Hmm, what's there's something off like, okay, cool. I'm listening to it. I'm liking the the, the I'm liking what I'm hearing. okay,, yeah, you know, this and that, whatever. I' lots of different thoughts going through my mind, but I'm going there's something is off here. There's something that's not right here. And what is it that's not right? And I realized, I realized it is um, the tempo of the songs needs to be a little faster. Okay, they need to be a little faster, and so what I what I did was if you can do you could do this too, go and maybe we'll do this in a separate stream. Go on, I'm not going to do it in this stream. Go on to YouTube, and t- uh, tweak search up uh, antihero, and tweak your player to play all the songs at 0.25 percent uh, faster speed. Got me. So it's 1.25 X and listen to the whole album at a quarter speed. Sorry, not a quarter speed, uh, 1.25 X speed. And Jerry's vocals sound great. They sound so much better. I don't know what it is about the speed, but the speed, if you go up to 0.5, if you go a half, I guess, what is that? A half step up instead of a quarter step, his vocals are too fast and um the pitch is a little too high but at 0.25 you can't really tell and you listen to all the songs and the songs they just click they work so much better when they're sped up a little bit that's the that's what i noticed and once i had done that i Thought that the vocals worked a lot better. I thought the vocals worked a lot better when everything was sped up. That's what I thought. um Okay. So here's what I said I did a positive and a negative and a theme thing ready. And we already talked about some of the negatives. I said the vocals, I said the vocal mixed. Okay. I said the vocals are too overproduced and polished. And this is something that really goes back to the devil's reign. You first hear Jerry's super polished vocals on the devil's reign and it for whatever reason i just feel like jerry sings too slow on these songs and it's just it's overly polished and he's not in a range that 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 suits his voice he needs to sing in a range the lower i think maybe the better there's certain registers where jerry's vocals are perfect on this album in particular there's one song when you speed it up to 1.25 I mean, he's great. He's firing on all cylinders. It works perfectly. Um, so that was another that was another negative. Uh, okay. So here's the positive stuff. First of all, and this is the big one. Jerry only is using his name, Jerry only, and it's great. It validates everything that he's doing on this record. Suddenly, we don't have to compare it to what it puts it in a different place i'm not sitting here and comparing this to glenn danzig's misfits anymore because it doesn't have the name of the misfits that was the single right is that not the single biggest problem we said brand confusion we're sitting here people are sitting here comparing graves to danzig because it has the same name do you think you would get even a fraction of the comparisons if they just were doing their own love and rockets sort of thing Separate from calling themselves the Misfits. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Uh, So Jerry only as a name is great. The production apart from the vocals is absolutely wonderful. Top notch. I was so stoked with the production. It is. It's great. Everything about it is great. I I really don't have any bad thing. In fact, um, (laughs) again. When you look at Danzig's last few releases, Jerry's production is just way better, man. It is. It is. Apart from the I thought the Elvis thing was fine, but I look at like Black Laden Crown and I look at like um uh skeletons, and I feel like Jerry's production is better. Whatever his team, I, I guess he works with Ed Stasium of Ramones fame, and that has helped him, that has suited him greatly. Um the guitars, the guitars on this album—I don't know if melodic is the right term. I'm lacking the language to express myself, but the guitars are so good. The guitars are done, actually, by Jerry Other and AC Slade, and they're great. I don't know if they wrote their parts to these songs or if Jerry, like you know, told him what he wanted. But whatever they, the the instrumentation and arrangement execution was good. It all worked you know at least for the song now is this, does it make does that make the song itself good not necessarily but th- you can't turn i can't turn my my eyes on the production i can't turn my eyes on a production and go oh well you know the guitars were bad or blah blah blah, blah. all of it all of it's working all of it was working in that kind of way uh, and i said the same thing instrumentation arrangements um. Now, one thing that he is doing, even though we said what we said about his vocals, one thing that he is doing really well is um, he is utilizing the strengths as a backup vocalist. And that's we were talking about earlier. He there are songs where he goes, go or whoa, like he does that thing that he used to do in the Misfits on these songs. And it's awesome. It's really awesome. And that's what enhances the live show. You know what I mean? Um, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I wrote that Jerry wrote this for himself, but he has nothing to prove to, you know, he really doesn't have anything to prove to anybody, even if he is trying to prove something to somebody. Um, because at the end of the day, here's what the weird thing about art art is selfish and selfless at the same time i know it sounds paradoxical it's selfish in that when you when one creates art they might be just creating as long as they satisfy themselves that's all that matters even though they are giving it to an audience to appreciate right so the art is to satisfy me but i'm putting it out for you And I hope you'll enjoy it the way that I enjoy it. But if you don't enjoy it the way that I enjoy it, that doesn't matter. And all that matters is that I enjoy it. And I imagine, I don't know, but I imagine that Jerry's probably very happy with what he's done and what he's put out. Um, I will say this. The songs all leave earworms. What's an earworm? It's, you know, it's just something. It's like a little hook. It's like a little hook that sort of stays in your ear and makes you want to listen to it again and again, whether it's because you're trying to figure out what makes it tick or whatever, any song that makes you put it on again, because you're trying to figure it out has got to have some sort of interesting value to it, whether it's not straight up, like hook driven. It's whatever. Um, I said on the negative side, uh tempos man the, the 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 tempos the song tempos and i guess that maybe that's what i mean by speed or whatever it's just everything's very slow it needs to be faster i feel like it needs to be faster if you listen to this album go listen to it on a faster speed listen to it at a quarter speed faster 1.25 you will not regret it i don't think uh themes here are some themes okay we're going to get into the songs themselves in a second um, You have a lot of light versus dark themes rolling through. Um, there's dead people. There's literally a song called Dead Men. But like the dead are a theme. Devils and demons and uh, gambling taboos, um, invasions and shadowy government. You know, so there's like I feel like here's the thing. And I don't know what the lyrics are to any of these songs, but I feel like Jerry has a lot to say in these songs. Like he's he's got a he's saying a lot of stuff. And, you know, my my greatest compliment is yet to come. we will get to it in the song. There's one song that really stands out to me as like the shining track. And I have an accolade for it that I really, truly like. Stand by and believe with my whole heart And I'll get to it in a second Let's start Fear of the walking dead So Jerry has done how many fucking songs About the walking dead I mean if you want to go back Even though Glenn wrote it There's Night of the Living Dead Then there's Day of the Dead Which is actually Doyle's Doyle song Then you have Twilight of the Dead You have Land of the Dead And you have Fear of the Walking Dead And then if you want to count it You also got a song called Zombie Girl That's a lot. And the ghost of Frankenstein, right? That is a lot of dead songs, but there, Hey, just, there you go. That's what it is. Uh, the opening synth, synth, the moment I heard the opening, like, like keyboard synth on fear of the walking dead, I was like, Oh my God, is this going to like blow me away? And like, I was just so shocked to hear that kind of instrumentation, that kind of choice, and I it just it had me very excited for the rest of the record. And you know, and then we get into the song, and it's okay. Uh, the one thing that is that works throughout all the songs are the guitars. The guitars are just they shine above everything. They shine above Jerry's vocals. They shine above Jerry's lyrics and his melodies. The guitars are by far the best part, the best thing on this album. just just i mean i can't say enough good things about them they're great they're great i i just i really thought that they worked well with the songwriting hands down uh jerry loves to tell a story he's telling the story of some kind in fear of the walking dead something about fear of the wall he's literally dictating fear of the walking dead i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't know man uh then we have dead man Dead man something like that we we uh we get some goes in the opening like like earth ad goes that sort of thing and the intro sort of reminds me of all hell breaks loose but in the best way i'm going oh my god i'm getting some like all hell breaks loose vibes and i liked it i liked what i heard man um then there's a okay, so then we get into like there's like this middle section where he's he's doing this whole thing about the Lord of Light, which makes me think of Game of Thrones for a minute. Uh, but it's just very on the nose. Jerry's obviously he's talking about Jesus or something, and you know, uh, and he just does this like little chant thing. Um, what I love about the vocal effect on the Lord of Light thing that he does is um he does this vocal effect that reminds me of what Danzig did for the Sam Hain version of Halloween two, when he's recording Latin, they're using that special device. Uh, And it's awesome. It's great. It's, it's really, really great. Um, Up to this point, both of these songs sound like sort of improved versions of songs that maybe might've been on the devil's Reign material. um, Despite some, Interesting additional instrumentation. Uh, so there's that. You know, what's interesting too is I'm really glad that this this was only eight songs. The devil's reign is 16 tracks and it's 50 minutes long. It's very dense. The songs are very long, it's very hard to digest, and the tempos are too slow. You know, I, I just really think Jerry needs to speed things up. That's what that's what was really missing to me, more than anything. Then we get uh, the next song is called Snake Eyes. And this is really a big sort of deviation from anything that he has done previously, right? Um, there is an... I, this is going to I don't want to use this word, but I can't. don't know what, how else to describe it verbally. There's an emo-esque quality to the guitars. That's great. It's actually good. I can't believe I'm actually saying that. But you know, it makes sense in the year twenty twenty two, but maybe not in the aughts. But I like it. I like what I'm hearing. Um, I I just I don't know. I welcome the element. It's almost like it's like emo or it's like metal, but it's not slow or sludgy. You know, the the guitars. That's what's interesting too is the guitars. It's not the guitars. It's like it's the vocal melody that's too slow. I don't know. Maybe it's the instrumentation melody or tempo too. I don't know. I don't know. It's just th- th- things need to speed up. Um, the lyrics in this one are very campy, very cheesy. It's just literally just talking about, like, you know, it's talking about gambling and losing your soul if you gamble. And it's just very, uh, you know, it's very (laughs) boomerish. I'm sorry. It is a little bit, I don't know how else to say that. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, the there is a backup vocal, so here's the thing. sometimes the backup vocals work really well on these songs and other times not as much uh and sometimes there are like the tone of the backup vocal is really great. I don't know who's doing the backup vocals. I think a bunch of people are I think a c Slate is doing some of them um but sometimes like the arrangement or the execution of it doesn't work as well, I guess um. So there's that. I I do think the backup vocals in the chorus work better than they do like leading up to the chorus. Uh, And, and, you know, and then we get we get more goes and any kind of go is always welcome. Always welcome. The, uh, The the you know, the problem with this song, going back to what I said, Jerry needs more metaphor in his writing. And that's my opinion, that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm saying I feel like the message is too on the nose, like like give us some more metaphor. He literally says at the end, "Don't gamble with the devil, my son. He might just take your soul." But, you know, maybe he's coming from like a it's coming from like a blues, bluesy sort of place. So, okay, I guess it works. It works. Then we get a song called Luminati, which I'm sure we know what this one's about. The, okay, the, <laughs> first of all, there's like a double bass drum in the intro. That's great. That stood out to me immediately. I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, then, you know, the, uh, I have to say the chorus is uninspired. It's an uninspired chorus. Sorry. It just, it didn't click with me. It was too simple. He's just literally saying like Illuminati. As the chorus, you know, it's almost like some of these songs are like a parody of what people think a misfit song is sometimes. Um, But one thing that I did like in the chorus of Illuminati is like, there's almost like this. It's like monk chanting. It's like this. Oh, Illuminati. I don't remember how the, how the melody goes, but that was fun. And that's where I'm like, Okay. Jerry needs to go lean in on the lower registers of his voice and do death rock vocals. He needs to sing lower. He needs to sing lower. That's where he's really going to just like really, really like explode. I think really, I think that will really work for him better. Again, I'm coming from this as a fan. I'm coming this like from this as an audience member talking about my personal taste as someone who listens to the music, that's where this is coming from. And it's constructive. I'm talking about things that I don't like or that don't work for me, but offering feedback as to what I think, how it could improve to be better. Uh, okay. Here is my highest compliment for the whole record. Okay. Of everything that I've said, of all the the critical things that I've said, here is the one where I have I really don't have anything like critical to say in a bad way. Taboo is the standout track on this record and it is it's good man. It's really freaking good. It's the highlight of the whole album. Um this is the one track where Jerry finds a sweet spot. Jerry does his best singing on this track. This is where Jerry if Jerry is going to overly produce his voice if he's not going to dirty if he's not going to dirty up his voice if he's not going to mix his voice down like project 1950 he's got to sing just the way that he sings on taboo if he does that he will be unimpeachable vocally in my opinion nobody can come and knock Jerry off the vocal totem pole if he sings like th- in that register so it is possible and that's why I go back. I say it's not a matter of whether Jerry's a singer or not. He is. He just needs to find his strength. He needs to find where his strengths are and needs to push it, man. Um, and taboo is the is the is the pinnacle of that. And you know what's funny? Going back to Project 1950, so they did an extended version, right? There were three extra tracks there were three extra tracks on project 1950 and you can tell they were recorded later. You can tell that maybe they were even recorded with Ed Stasium or whoever they were not done in the environment with the approach that the original 10 track album was. They are more polished. Go listen to it on Spotify right now. Go listen to the last three songs on project 1950 and compare them to the vocals on the rest of Project 1950, and you will see an inane difference. And that's when Jerry really started to try and polish his vocals, and it does not suit him. He is better with filters and fuzz boxes and dirtying it up and burying it in the mix. It just suits the songs better. It does. It suits the songs better. It makes his vocals sound better, and it suits the songs better. And Taboo is the one exception to the rule whatever he's doing on taboo 10 out of 10 great really great um it's the highlight of the whole album this is where his vocal range is and he needs to stick to it if he's gonna sing we know he's gonna sing um we get that 1950s jerry lee lewis piano thing the you? that was terrible why did i just do that you know what i'm talking about though the high piano key going over and over again kind of reminds me of scotty thurston from the Doors, not from the doors from the stooges during cock in my pocket or whatever it is um but yeah 1950s jerry lee Lewis feel. okay here is my highest compliment for jerry only this is my highest compliment ready and this is the truth and i 100 from the bottom of my balls believe this if Elvis Presley or Johnny Cash were still alive, they would cover this song. They, This is the perfect song for them to cover, and they would cover this song. I truly believe that. They would love Taboo, and they would cover the shit out of it. And they'd probably do really well with it, too. Somehow, Jerry found a way to write this really really appealing 50s throwback and it just works it's incredibly enjoyable obviously taboo is revolving around some sort of religious taboo or you know the idea of like religious morality taboos that sort of thing yeah jerry you know it's it's interesting like jerry can sometimes be he's way it's way more subversive in the misfits 95 but you know It's it's weird in this one. He's like, he's kind of on the nose with all of that stuff. Maybe because he's like, hey, I'm Jerry only. And this is my 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 solo album. But man, and you know who would really appreciate that? That sort of that vibe is Elvis and Johnny Cash. They both would like that. They would like that this song is called taboo. They would like that the the lyrics and what it's clearly about and the structure and everything. And they would cover the shit out of it. And then halfway through we get um we get some johnny thunders ask solo and if you know johnny thunders from the new york dolls it's freaking great that little tremolo thing that he does or whatever um and then it it like sort of flows into like metal it becomes m- metallic but in a great way uh and then we get an up uh, the pianos sort of remind me a little bit of the melody in Unbridled, which I'm not, you know, probably accidental, but it was very kind of similar. Very kind of similar. Um, you have a Thurman in the background, that's really, really great. And then when I was looking at the liner notes, you know who friggin' plays that Thurman's Des Kadena from Black Flag, that's great. And then at the very end of uh, buried in the mix, there's like this synth piano swell. I really like that too. That was good. Uh, next up is a Elvis cover, but it's not really, I mean, Elvis didn't write the song, I don't think, but it's a song that Elvis sang. Uh, You're so square, baby, I don't care, right? Um, and the problem is it has it has a snotty attitude he sings it with a snotty attitude, but the vocals are too polished. And I just think that if he was singing it with that that nineteen Project nineteen fifty voice or the day the Earth caught fire voice, it would it would work. Um, Zach says when seeing the tracklist, I almost thought that Taboo would be a cover originally by fifties rockabilly singer Gene Summers. So, I mean, it absolutely, you would absolutely could see, I could totally see Elvis and Johnny Cash covering it. I really could. Um, there are these finger snaps and they're too loud it, for for my taste, too loud. I, I felt like, I mean, th- that was a the thing. There was some weird, unbalanced sound elements that were mixed way too high. Um, I almost felt like they could have brought up the guitars a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Uh okay. I also said there th- we could have had a piano or a fuzz organ. Any one of these songs could have had more piano and fuzz organ, something like that. Would have th- like there like I thought we were going to get some saxophone. I would have loved to have heard some saxophone. Saxophone. Maybe there was going to be and then it it went away. I don't know. Then we get one cell from you. I love, love favorite part of the song is the weird robot servo motor sounds, which in it's just another flash of brilliance that I wish we had running through the whole record. We get it on fear the walking dead and we get it on this one. And I feel like it's like Jerry's dipping his toe in the water, but like, dude fucking lay it on us, man, lay it on us. Um, I will say this is the one song. I took a note of this. This is the one song where I felt that the vocal levels for Jerry were mixed very well. Every other song, his vocals are too high. Actually, Taboo too. Taboo is perfect. There, I really don't have a single critical thing to say about Taboo. Taboo works, clicks for me. In any case, the 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 mixing on on the mixing of the vocals on on Jerry's Jerry's voice great and you could tell Ace you could really hear AC you can that was when I was able to really you know identify him you know with uh with the audio the audio audio auditorially and then we get the title track anti-heroes now Jerry has talked about how he used to always see Queen and David Bowie live you know in the early 70s he would go and see these shows. And now we hear Queen coming out for the first time. And it's awesome. The intro to anti-hero or anti-heroes, whatever it's called, is epic. It is epic. The The guitars made me float on air. And it just, I like it, man. You know, the other thing, too, is you can really hear sort of like eight. There's like some 80s metal stuff hair metal, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you would describe it like. Maybe it's Van Halen or something. There's a lot of... there's Some of that is is in, is weaved through these songs as well. And that's not to say that that's what's in that intro because that's quite clearly Queen. That is absolutely a Queen sort of thing that he's trying to do, and it's great. The guitars build, and this is when Jerry has a lot to say about antiheroes and the state of the world you really get a feel for what jerry you know jerry's state of the world jerry's very jerry's very quiet about his beliefs in general which is a good thing i think i like that jerry because i don't think jerry and i are aligned in our beliefs very much at all and that's okay that's fine he could do his thing and i could do my thing that's that's great I like that he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't really get into it in and it's smart. We've seen how that's panned out for other people. It doesn't really work that well when you start mixing, you know, personal beliefs with, you know, when you're just supposed to be an entertainer. But here is a a, a brief glimpse into potentially possibly I cannot speak for certain of what of what some of Jerry believes and I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it's just him wanting to write about that stuff. I don't have the lyrics. I wasn't able to actually read the lyrics. But, um, you know, I, it makes me question: Who are the antiheroes? Who are the antiheroes? Who watches the Watchmen? And the at the end, we get some more piano and guitar that they dance so magnificently together. I love it it's great and and that closes out the album man it's 25 minutes to me i think the ideal album length is between 20 and 25 minutes and i think in general albums should be 25 to 35 minutes is really pushing it Uh, anything over 35 is like nauseating to me now a lot of records that I listen to over and over and over again are anywhere from 22 to 29 minutes long. That's it. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, would you rather listen to, you could listen to an hour's worth of music all the way through, or you could listen to the same album three times in an hour. You know what I mean? Um. For me, I kind of fall into that latter category. I like to listen to the same album three times in a row. Right now, I can't stop listening to the Bad Nerves. They're, for not, they're big Misfits fans as well. Um, they're like a garage rock band out of England, and I've listened to that record. I think it's like twenty six minutes long. And I probably listened to it a hundred times. I just keep putting it on over and over and over again. So you don't need to necessarily have more music, you know, a really good short album will be listened to on repeat over and over and over again. I suppose the same could be said for something that's longer or something that's 40 or 50 minutes, but you know, I don't know. Um, overall, I don't know if I, I don't really know if I have a rating for anti-hero. Would I recommend it to anybody? Of course. Yes. If you are a Jerry only fan, you should listen to this man. Uh, If you follow Jerry in his career, you'd be crazy not to pick this up. You know why? Because here's the, here's my bottom line. Surmization, despite some of my critiques and despite my affirmations, this is Jerry at a, you know, probably, you know, Jerry's older now, man. He's in his 60s. This is an album that maybe he should have put out 20 years ago or he should have been using his own name 20 years ago. But here he is now, like, swinging for the fences with this and, push, you know, putting himself out there in this kind of way. It's a smart move. He could still keep doing the misfits, and he now he's Jerry only. Finally, he's established himself. I will tell you this. I have preferred just about everything that Jerry has done over Doyle's two albums, man. Like I said, I listened to each one of those albums once or twice. That's it. I was like, okay, that's what that is. Okay. Not my, not my back. I prefer. I could, I'll take project 1950 over either one of Doyle's records any day of the week, any day of the week. um, but now you have Danzig as always had Danzig since 1988. Doyle does Doyle. And now Jerry only is Jerry only is only Jerry. No, he's got a great backing band to back him too, man. He's had Dave Lombardo was on this. He had the goat, Eric, the goat chupacabra. Awesome dude. Very nice dude. Met him at a Doyle show. Um, and really his secret weapon, in my opinion, is Jerry other is the secret weapon, man. Jerry Other with AC Slade, the double guitar attack is just just fire. That's fire right there. And also Ed Stasium did a lot of guitar stuff too. So like this team is good, but they need, I feel like they need to keep searching for the sound. They're on the right path, but they need to keep searching. Here, I wrote one last thing and this is part of my critical analysis opportunities for the future like i said at the beginning of this thing it's not enough it's it's atrocious to say something sucks and it's not enough just to critique something i think that i think that it's you also have to sort of provide solutions or feedback what, in my opinion, could be done better, and let me very emphasize my opinion, my personal taste, not you know i'm I'm just one fucking jerk off on the internet. I'm a misfits nerd who's talked about Jerry only and his new album for an hour and forty three minutes. So here's my opportunities for the future. Are you ready? Number one, faster tempo speeds. I think that's a no-brainer. I said that already. This album already sounds better to me when it's faster. When you listen to it sped up, 1.25. Go do it now on YouTube. Trust me on this. The songs just, they have new breath in them. Lean into vocal strengths. What do I mean by that? I mean, do what you do on Taboo or go back to Project 1950 and look at what you did there because what you did there vocally makes sense for you as a solo artist. What you did on Taboo is really the blueprint for everything. And the two are kind of aligned because Taboo is kind of like a 50s song. And it's kind of like a 50s song that would, as I said, Absolutely, hands down, Elvis would cover that song. If you put that song in front of Elvis or Johnny Cash, if you put that song in front of Elvis in the 60s or 70s, or if you put that song in front of Johnny Cash in the 90s, both of them would cover it. That's the truth. Um, Mix vocals, utilize vocal strengths on Project 1950. And I also put Get Calf on there. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about John Caffiero, Another Guy who another guy who some of the fans don't appreciate. Cafiero is not only the manager, Jerry's manager, but he also has his own band called Osaka Pop star that Jerry was in. I don't know if Jerry's still in it, but Cafiero can sing. And uh, you know, he's done a lot of backing vocals for Jerry in the past. And I say, throw him into the mix here. Why not? Um, I also put more Jerry Other. I don't know if how much Jerry Other was used, but I feel like if that was a lot his guitar work, lean into that, lean into him, put push him further up. Uh, I also wrote more instruments, saxophone, fuzz organ piano. You know, um, if you're gonna put therm if you're gonna have these weird keyboard synths. Go for it, man. Go go. put some sacks. Jerry has messed with the sacks before on Project 1950. And my last note, and maybe this is just a pipe dream impossibility. Get another Ramones collaborator on there. Ed Stasium is a legend. He's great. Uh, Except I don't like the way that he did your vocals. I just don't. I personally don't. What about Daniel Ray? Is there bad blood there? I don't know. Do they have a falling out? Daniel Ray collaborated with the Misfits. A lot in the 90s. Daniel Ray is, I believe, uh, he shares songwriting credit on some of those 90s album songs. I say get him back, hire him up, get him to write songs with you, get him to play guitar, put him in the mix. Um, because it's only it's gonna it's gonna service you, Jerry. That's what I think. And you know, again, saying all this as a fan. As a music listener, as a misfits follower, nerd, historian, whatever you want to call it, guy talking on the internet <laughs> and um, and that's it. that's that's my whole that's my whole spiel. Go buy the record, it's in the comments. But most of all, don't say something sucks. Explain why it doesn't work for you, but don't ever say something sucks. Nothing sucks. The only thing that sucks is your vacuum cleaner. Uh, all right. Now let's go to the comments. I don't know if that guy is still here. Oh, why don't you do that? Why are you ignoring the comments? Because if I freaking go to the comments, we're never going to get to anybody. We're never going to get to anything. I don't even know where to begin. All right. Now I'm looking in the comments, guys. I'm looking in the comments. Let's do a few comments and we'll we'll wrap this up. My I can hear my voice. It's like when Jen goes, on oh, this money." Shut up. <laughs> this oh, look here's another comment. This dude is just complaining nonstop. Not sure what this live review is about. Are we reviewing the album or just doing a misfits comparison? <laughs> Bro, have you never been on this channel? What's up? JS is here. JS always. JS JS always is so complimentary. Thank you, dude. That's really nice. That's really nice. The album cover, dude, the album cover is great. The album cover is strong. What are you talking about? God, this guy is a real friggin' grumpy Gus. Um, Project 1950 could have been better, could have been worse. I think it's awesome, man. It's just not the Misfits. That's literally the one bad thing. Uh, James gruesome says the CK five would kill a taboo uh, uh, on a cover would kill a taboo on a cover. I agree. Absolutely. Raphael says, Jeff, do you think all eight songs could be in a Jerry Fitz record without feeling off? we were told not to expect it sounds like a jerry misfits record so i expected something more adventurous i you know uh, Raphael brings up a good point actually i was also expecting something more adventurous than what we got it was a little bit more in that sort of jerry fitz vein um i think that these songs could absolutely all fit on one thing or another that jerry has done in in the in the past uh Xander says if he turned down it would it would be easier he's too low for standard tuning are you talking about what do you mean well i don't know what that means you're talking about his guitars are you talking about are you talking about um his his bass i'm waiting on jerry's grateful dead song i would love that jerry only and jerry garcia (laughs) Yes. Yes. Biz says that she likes fear the walking dead in one cell. Okay. Um, almost uh, after everything Jerry did for the kids. It's nice to see him do something for himself. Absolutely. Glenn's. Production sounds underwater at times, muddy. Jerry's is cr- Jerry's, you cannot deny it, Jerry's production. You really cannot. I you know, I can't really hear his base. His bass is very low and it's very garbled. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's his bass tone. I've never been into Jerry's bass tone. i have never been into Doyle's bass tone. Count Zach's is popping in to say hi. Happy late Halloween, Jeff. You have the same ritual as I do: watching the Disney Donald cartoon and the Ichabod cartoon classics. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely, man. Have to do it. I did 31 days of Halloween this year. Go check them out. Those those reviews do not get a lot of views, but you want to know something? I love doing it, man. I do it because I like doing it. But I got a little burnt out this year. Just saw that they chanted Jerry at the Dallas show. Yeah, that would only happen in Dallas, Texas. No, you know why it happens? I'll tell you why it happens. Because Jerry, and that was another thing we didn't talk about. Another thing that Jerry is really, Jerry is great at the live shows, man. He's fucking great. He's breaking his bases. He's super entertaining. He breaks his bases. I once saw him hand an untouched base to a girl in a wheelchair at Madison Square Garden. That was, that was incredible. That was a sight to behold. Um, and he's power sliding. He's running around the stage. I mean, he puts a hundred and fifty percent into that thing. That's an Ed Stacy stadium station thing. I don't know what you're referring to. Guitar or vocals? I don't know. Uncle Jerry. The Cyclops skull from Uncle Jerry's base. One of the pre-sales was the album plus the skull. Oh man, if I had the bread, I'll tell you, I wanted to buy this on vinyl and I could not. I just didn't. I had to listen to it on Spotify. And at some point, I will buy it um, because I want to support and and I want to own it. But I just, I just don't have the, the between the shipping and the cost of the record. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it, man. I could not do it, unfortunately. Um, sorry. Oh, dead air. Don't do the dead air, Jeff. Keep talking. We must never. Stop. Yeah, you know, of all, you know, I uh, devil's rain is not my cup of tea, but vivid red, uh, which I just very recently listened to is uh, one of the tunes that does uh, more agreeable for my palate than some of the other ones. That that's the best way to put it, I think. That is the best way to put it. Yeah, well, I did initially forget the gorgeous Frankenstein and then we I remembered it. But you know, that was that was a whole different ball of ball of wax. Biz says, I see no problem with him using the Misfit's name. He fought tooth and nail to get the right to perform, and he's been running the band since the mid nineties fair um i think Eriewood, would but that's on danzig if jerry had done a little singing back in the earlier days people would have warmed up to him being on the hmm. mic nowadays well i mean he was though he was well he was backup singing with with glenn he was always doing some sort of backing vocal even if it was just very like small and auxiliary or whatever you want to call it but um in the 90s, he was singing backing, he was doing a lot of backing vocals, a lot. And, um, you know, when, when, when he had to, you know, when, when what's his face, Mike Hideous, he had a real trial by fire, right? He was running a gauntlet, he was not prepared. He just jumped on a tour, and Jerry would guide him and help him vocally, you know, to sort of help get, get him up to speed and whatnot. I mean, Jerry. And there were some times where Jerry did have to sing, but when when Graves couldn't get into Canada and Jerry had to sing, that sort of thing. Um. Oh, keep talking, Jeff. Don't stop talk. Don't stop talk. All right. Let's go down to the bottom comments because there's just there, we got a lot of comments tonight. I mean, does this dude not understand that if we, if we read every single comment, which we have done in the past, it just turns this into a four-hour thing. We're already at an its an hour and 55. we got to go. Here, hold on. Let me go down to the bottom, come back up to the top. Um, one second, one second, people. One second, I guess we'll never know. Taboo and Dead Men are the only songs I haven't heard yet says biz i listened to the album after this afternoon and overall really enjoyed it that's great Wretch. that's great i'm glad you did do you know where michael j Sudweeks last lived i don't even know willis i don't know why you're asking that i don't know who that is and then says the people that say it sucks are just jerry haters and couldn't care less about the kids. They definitely don't care about the kids the way Jerry, Uncle Jerry, cares about the kids. That's for certain. Thanks for this. Can't wait for my copy to come from the Misfits store. Gave it a small sampling, but waiting for the whole listen through, for waiting for the whole to listen through the vinyl. That's, yeah, as, as it should be. Um, I, I don't... I think, but I think that's the, I think people realize that it's not the misfits, you know, um, yes, we did get some synthesizer. That is true. That is true. I agree with you with getting Daniel Ray back, but I haven't heard an update with him in years. Hope he's doing okay. I think Daniel Ray is doing really okay because he just sold Johnny Ramones guitar for a million dollars that he was the dude who was in possession of that guitar. It's fucking Daniel Ray. Daniel Ray is doing okay. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. Wait a minute. Okay. This guy Wolf Energy Explosion says, I talked to Glenn last month about possibly doing an interview on your channel. He says, hell no. He hates you, bro. How does Glenn Danzig know who I am? He doesn't know who I am. Um it's called it's called Bad Nerves. The Bad Nerves. Um they're great. They are phenomenal. Yes, Jerry is very good with fans. Very good. Um jerry and greg gins jam band's longest song would be five minutes yo jerry has a lot of really long songs man he does there's a lot oh it's noodles noodles is back under a different name maybe noodles is actually oh my god now it all makes sense okay whatever Glad I finally... Hey, Amend, I'm glad you did too. I am glad you did too. Had no idea the other brother sang. Huh. I don't know who you're... I don't know who that's in reference to. I um, hope you enjoyed tonight's stream. Oh, that was John of Doom. How did I know? I totally missed that. That was John. John said, Jerry and Greg Inns jam band's longest song would be five minutes. Ha 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 ha, John. By the way, guys, it, you know Voice of Doom is John's band. They have a show coming up in the city. It's uh, it's in December. Hold on a second. They got a they got a show. I'm gonna be at the show. It's happening. It's the Holiday Slambery. Check it out. You got. Sworn Enemy, Spoiler NYC, Deja, Deja, Voice of Doom, Concrete Ties, Serial Poets, and Faded Line with DJ Sid the Kid. And that's happening at uh, Bowery Electric. Okay. Sunday, December 18th, 2022, at 2 p.m. Be there or be square, man. Um, What's up, Angus? Angus, how are you, sir? Have you listened to the new album yet? Who was the singer after Mike Hideous? Okay, so you had you had Graves. Then you had... Sorry, I'm having a brain fart. Then you had Mike Hideous. Then you had Graves. Then you had Zoli. Then you had Michael Graves come back. And then Jerry really sort of took over something like that it was it was something like that um yeah yes rip to dh from the dead kennedys uh very sad very sad tragic tragic loss you know what just let it go noodles just let it go, man. I, I, I really do not want to argue or fight with you anymore. Peace and air grease, man. Peace and air grease. Let it go. Um, Angus says, I'm good. I will have to check out the new album. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts about this album. And I hope I didn't come off too harsh. It was not my intention to. And, um, you know, I liked it mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, it was a mixed bag. That's what I said it was. It was a mixed bag. I can't give it a grading on a scale. I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. But it's. it was a mixed bag for me. The highlight being taboo. That's what I said. But um, listen, tomorrow night, uh, Robbie Bloodshed is coming on. We're going to be unboxing his new record. And we're going to be doing a special top five dripping red murder scenes from movies so it's going to be like a top five uh tie-in to go with that so check that out uh trying to think of what else i could say here i think that's really it i think we've reached the end Uh, i hope you enjoyed the stream and you know i gotta tell you i gotta tell you this too um i'm rooting for jerry I really, really am rooting for him. I want him to friggin' knock something out of the park. I don't think he's quite there yet. This is my final, this is my Jerry Springer final, final moment, final word. I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he is on his way. I think that he, he, there's still work to be done to get to that place. And I'm saying that as a fan as a consumer of his music, as someone who has followed his career. So Jerry, I'm rooting for you. Keep going. Keep keep going out there. Keep grinding. Keep discovering your sound. And most of all, sing like you do on Taboo or sing like you do on Project 1950. That's it. That's, that's the end. Let's end this with the Patreon. That's right. Patreon. That's the lifeblood of this channel. Make sure you uh, become a Patreon member. Lots of great stuff on there. I'm currently working on part four of the Erie Vaughn interview. That'll go up for the Patreons first and foremost. And um, we got a lot of other neat little trinkets and goodies on there. And it's time for me to go to bed. I got to wake up. I got to take my daughter to school. I got to get all that stuff ready. So I'm going to do that. Peace. Hair grease. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your viewer support. And here is the Patreon. Hey, guys. What's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.